Hey Podnuts, Corey here from Instant House Call. Whether you're a break-fix tech who needs to provide remote support on demand without pre-installed software, or a managed service provider who wants to connect to unattended PCs anytime, Instant House Call makes remote support easy. I want to invite you to try Instant House Call free for yourself. Go to podnuts.com and click on the link in the show notes, then use the promo code PODNUTS. Instant House Call is the best remote support on earth. We can prove it. Try it free now and see for yourself. Welcome to PodNuts Daily, episode number 487, a show for computer repair techs by computer repair techs. I'm your host, Jeff Alch. I'm joined today by Paul Joyner from SysAdmin Today. Paul, how you doing? Doing well, Jeff. Good to have you on the show. Well, I'll tell you what, it sounds like you have a lot of things going on, a lot of credentials, and without me telling them all, I'm going to have you go back and basically tell us where you got started in fixing computers, doing IT, and kind of what your background is. Well, um, it all, I mean, basically, I, can't, I think it starts as a kid and just the love of technology. <laughs> You know, back in the uh, Atari 2600 days and playing, you know, getting the Nintendo and just, just technology and then technology movies, you just love it. But it really all started back, um, I'm the youngest of three siblings, and my brother, who's four years older, uh, started college. This was like 91, and he was commuting, so he had to have a computer. And so my parents went down to Radio Shack, not Radio Shack, uh, Circuit City, uh, when they were still around. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, actually, I worked there when I was in college. <laughs> and... um. <laughs> And uh, and they went out and bought an uh, an IBM branded PS2. I'll never forget it. It's a 486. Uh, it was SX 25, four megabytes of RAM, and uh, I think it was 100 or 120 gig hard drive with Windows 3.1. And uh, and, I'll, and my, I remember they took it and they got a, a, an HP printer that still works to this day, but my, my uh, desk jet. Wow. And yeah, it's all metal gears. I mean, it was built to last back in those days. And um, and anyway, he got it home, and they set it all up, and I, mean, I was scared to death of it, but I was fascinated. And um, so basically, it just start, it started there, and then um, my first Christmas, uh, like uh, I think it was in like ninth grade, a Christmas used to get those CD um, m- multimedia kits. You know, you know, you know, where you can uh, basically make your computer multimedia. You put your CD-ROM, you put your Sound Blaster card in, and I think it came with a whole bunch of software. But one Christmas, I got that, and that was that was my first ever. Uh, upgrade that I ever did, you know, I took out the five and a quarter floppy, put in the CD-ROM, put in the hard drive, figured out how to hook it all up. You know, you had to do jumpers and, you know, dip switches back in the, you know, back in oh, those yeah. days. And, um, but basically, you know, it was like somebody put a hook in my mouth. I was just hooked. I was just fascinated. And then, uh, I put my first ever, um, multimedia game in, which was, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And I put Star Wars Rebel Assault in it, and I was just blown away by the multimedia. And it was just, oh my gosh, this is just amazing. <laughs> and so all through high school, you know, uh, basically had that computer worked on, upgraded it through, you know, through the time, wrote, I don't know how many papers on that thing. And then I went off to college, uh, majored in computer science. And uh, I worked at, like I said, I worked at that Circuit City, like I was telling you about. And then, uh, that was a great job. I miss Circuit City, actually. Um and then we got, uh, then when I graduated college, I got my first internship with a bank. And uh, that's basically what was my first IT job. This was the late 90s. And just to put perspective, like uh, Exchange 5.5 was the best, you know, that was what was out. You know, Windows NT 4.0, you know, workstation and server, that was basically what was in the field at the, when I was cutting my teeth 
for the first time. And uh, so I was basically kind of a grunt. You know, I went around, I fixed end-user workstation software, and we didn't have remote access software. So they had like 40-some branches scattered throughout, you know, the state. So I had to drive and, you know, you know, you know fix computers, power supplies, printers, you know, setting up Outlook and uh, and it, you name it. I just did all the, the grunt work, but it was a great experience. And then from there, um, but basically I got my foot in the door, but then from there I got, I guess, my first sysadmin job because the bank got bought out like most banks, community banks do, mm, Okay. <laughs> unfortunately. So, uh, so, I, um, which worked out well because I got my first IT job where I was a sysadmin for a uh, food distributing company and they had about, I don't know, about 10 servers and, um, and they just upgraded to, uh, Active Directory. You know, so this was Windows 2000. Active Directory just came out with Windows 2000. So this was an amazing opportunity for me. And then I just, that's where I learned, you know, Exchange 2000, Active Directory, DNS, firewall, you know, you know, even more. I got my hands into the firewall and the networking. And I did that for a while and really grew. And then my old bank boss brought me back and said, hey, look, we got a startup bank. We want you to come back. So uh, so I went back to the banking industry, and then when I when I went back to the banking industry, that's why I worked on my MCSE, and then I completed my MCSE at that time, and uh, and then basically did the bank, and then well when I was at the the bank, I met um, um, a consultant company that was doing their work beforehand, and we got along really well uh, to the point where um, I started working. I started coming to them and started becoming a consultant. <laughs> okay. And and I've been there ever since. So I've been there for, uh, like I said, going on nine years. I'm now a partner with the company. And uh, and then once I, about during that nine years, um, basically I just blew up in, you know, uh, you know, virtualization, SAN, hardware, data centers. Uh, um, uh, the, I don't do telephony, but, you know, telephony, networking, uh hardware migration servers. Um, and basically and then we, we started to merge into that uh, where we started kind of like a break fist break fix type business. And then we kind of merge into a managed service provider slash break fit. So we kind of have, you know, if, if you want this mold, you do this, if you want that mold, you do that. And so, you know, we, um, we, we, uh, we either do, you know, outsource their IT department and uh, and for your smaller, even larger companies, we have some very, very large, you know, companies that have hundreds of users where we do all their IT work, every bit of it. And um, and they just find it more cost effective so they don't have to, you know, pay an, an IT shop because IT shops, you know, go on vacation. They, you have to pay them, um, you know, HR benefits and disability and all that kind of good stuff. And a lot of times we, you know, we offer value in them, you know, outsourcing it to us and or parts of it. And it's, uh, you know, from those nine years, it just blew up and, um, you know, a lot of cloud services were, you know, you know, that type of evolution that's we're seeing nowadays. And, and I think that's a big, you know, a big thing now is, um, that on-premise hardware. Cause when I first started every, everything had on-premise hardware, even your mom and pop shop with one or two users had a server. <laughs> right. And, and we're just not seeing that anymore. You know, a lot of times, you know, either because the software is now, a software as a service, you know, maybe they need a server for QuickBooks and, you know, now they run QuickBooks online as a, that's probably one of the easiest examples I can come up with, um, you know, different stage, you know, different applications out there. So now everything is basically coming off of on-premise and, you know, going into a, 
you know, a subscription-based, you know, data center that you're, you know, you're renting the services from. And it's just, uh, it's, it's been a crazy ride, but it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. That is a cool story and background. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of experience that you have in there and a lot of things that it sounds like you've done. And I'm sure there's things that you have liked over the time and probably things that you didn't like so much, but just <laughs> the opportunity to be able to learn all these different things. What a great way to learn. Well, I got very lucky, uh, Jeff. Um, the opportunities that I had, um, I guess the higher power looking after me, I don't know where we can go from there, but I, I just got very fortunate in my career to be basically at the right place at the right time. And like I said, starting all the way back when, you know, I got that job, starting with uh, Active Directory Windows 2000, like nobody had Windows 2000. And for me to to start that and learn all that, that was just huge. And then to have, you know, to come back and then to meet, you know, the right person to be a consultant. And, and then that took me to just, you know, a whole nother level, you know, the exposure, because they're like, okay, you're, you're going to master virtualization, you're going to master, master storage area networks, you're going to master networking in general, routing, security, penetration testing, you know, coops, disaster recovery, everything. So you just get exposed to all of that at a very high level with all the resources that you need to do it. Because a lot of times if you work for a company, that you're doing IT for, those are like, man, I would love to do it, but, you know, the company's not giving me money to do it or the resources or because I have to do my day-to-day stuff. Whereas I was able to just, I had the opportunity and and believe me, I, you know, I, I was humble enough to realize what opportunity I had and I just absorbed as much information as I could. That's great. I, I think a lot of people out there would, would look at that in, I don't know. There's a lot of times where people will make excuses for themselves and say, you know, I wish I could do this, this, or this, but Mm -hmm. the freedom of actually either being a partner or owning your own business, the freedom is that you can go out there and you can do these things. The Mm -hmm. problem is we're just not very good time managers generally. You know, that's exactly what I was talking with, with, uh, with Lisa. Um, I, I just did one yesterday with uh, call that girl. I just did a, a very similar, what we're doing now, like an interview type thing. And that was one thing I was, uh, stating was time management is just something that you have to learn. And it's, you're going to learn it with experience because when I first started out, I basically w- was killing myself because I had to think I had to get everything done a certain amount of time. I didn't know how to delegate. I felt like I had to do everything myself or it wasn't going to be done right. So, you know, taking the, you know, be able to delegate tasks, be able to know how to prioritize what's, what needs to be done, what doesn't at what time, and to be able to train other people to do things, basically have a backup for yourself. That I kind of learned that the hard way, you know, uh, nothing detrimental, but it just, I was a knucklehead. And, <laughs> but eventually once I started learning these things to do, and basically, don't overkill yourself because I know there's like 500 million. If you use this utility, you will be a master at time management. And uh, and you can, and there's so much out there. And I think they get overwhelming. You know what? Just you know, basically, notepad and paper is great. You know, pick something and stick with it. Like OneNote, or if there's an online application, a, a calendar, a ta- just pick something. Because really, don't use that as your vessel at, or, or use that to blame why you didn't do something right. Because you'll spend so much time trying to figure out how I'm going to keep myself organized where honestly, simplicity is the best way to go. 
You know, the other thing too, when we're talking about time management, because it brings me back to a couple of points of what you were saying, as far as the tools and we've been talking about this on a couple of our shows, but from my standpoint, I use a little bit of different things. Like I use OneNote and love OneNote for podcasting. Okay. That, but that's all. So it's almost like I have these separate services that will do different things for me, but I love the, the notebook format that is in OneNote. Actually, to be honest with you, I actually use it for my, my business, uh, how, you know, how to's also. So there's two things that I keep in there that I'm usually only referencing. I mean, I can reference it on my phone if I want, but I'm usually only referencing it on my desktop. Now, as far as calendaring and stuff like that, you know, I use a Google calendar because I have an Android phone. That's what I do. And so that's where I put all my daily to do recurring tasks, things that I'm doing on a, on a weekly and daily basis. And then I, I might use something like Google Keep because that is a simplified notepad that's on my phone that I can just quickly talk into or type something into, and it keeps everything right there. I can I can get a desktop app and put that on my desktop and be able to, you know. So with that being said, one of the things I do that might be a little bit different than a lot of people as far as like using Outlook, I have seven different emails that I have to monitor. And I keep them all separated. Now, a lot of people will take those emails and they'll they'll funnel them all into one account, but I find that to be overwhelming. So for me, it's nice to have them separate. I click on them separately. They're for either separate parts of my business, separate parts of podcasting, different shows that I do, other personal family stuff or whatever it is, but it seems to be that much better to keep my mind a little clearer because, again... If you get over uh, overwhelmed with all this stuff that comes up and you have no way to, for your brain to process it, you'll get stuck and go, I'm not doing nothing. Yeah. So basically you're containerizing your yes. parts of your life. If you think about it, you're containerizing parts of your life, uh, you know, using Outlook as a, as a visual aid. Mm-hmm. So I think you have one Outlook profile on the left-hand side. You have all your different accounts linked to one profile. Is that, is that how I'm understanding it? Well, basically because I use Gmail. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm not using Exchange like all the cool kids. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm basically using IMAP still, which everybody tells me it breaks, but I have yet for it to break on me. Um, they we're talking about that too. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, for me, it works. Uh, my my email boxes are are fairly clean. Good. Um, you know, so those work for me as far as. Yeah, basically, or even compartmentalizing, I guess, is the best way. And that's how my brain works. So for me, Mm -hmm. when I compartmentalize something, this is a way for me to compartmentalize the things that I do. Now, the difference is, though, I wouldn't want to have 10 different apps maybe that I was going into. But maybe two or three, and I can manage those, seems okay to me. Yeah, I think think there's, there's no right or wrong answer on how you want to keep yourself organized. I, th- I think the problem is is there's so much, or I guess we say there's so many options or solutions out there, and I think the average person just gets overwhelmed because they, they read different, like, what do you use? And, and they're using their mentality and their logic to, 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 to force themselves into the same logic and same apps. And it's really just, you know, how do you think, how do you process information, find an app that works good with that, and then, and then you know, don't use somebody else's, you know, thought process when it comes to... Um, 
managing your brain or manage how you think or you know what's what's best for you really. It's like a th- it's like a fingerprint. It's unique to you, and you know you you, know, you do it the best you can. Yeah, and I, I think I, you might you might agree with this. Is I would say to a lot of people that go out and try different things and see what does work for you because you'll know right away whether something's going to work within a few days. You're going to go, yeah, I'm not really. I was excited about using that, uh, not so much anymore. It's kind of a pain. So let me let me move on to something else. Don't spend months and months and years and years with something that's not going to work for you. Right. Uh, yes, yeah, you can have the greatest system in the world, but if you're not disciplined and you don't, you know, date, you know, put the data entry and you don't use it properly, you, you can have the you know million dollar system that is useless. And um, yeah, you just. You have to be dedicated. You have to be, you know, if that's something you're going to use, you have to use it to maximize the benefit of it. That is for that is for sure. Yep. I hear you there. All right. So obviously you're, you do a lot of different things in your business. You do, you know, from networks to servers to mm-hmm. virtualization. What are some of your favorite things to do? And then maybe we might go into maybe what are some of your not so favorite things to do? <laughs> well, I got some of this off the top of my head. We're actually, we were just talking about this um, with some of my colleagues who I work with. And uh, the things that I love to do are projects. And uh, I like basically, you know, we have a project, hey, all right, you know, we're going to go in and we're going to migrate you know, this over to Azure, or we're going to migrate them to Office 365, or we're going to upgrade their server hardware, upgrade their switches, upgrade their storage area network, you know, put a new SAN in, you know, fiber chain, whatever, or, uh, you know, maximize what you have to do. I love those type of projects. I like where I can go in and get your hands there, because after all, we're techs, this is what we love to do. We like to get our hands on the hardware. We like to make something better than what it was, kind of that instant gratification. You know, we, we, we pulled this out, which was, you know, you know, three generations old. We put this in, man, now it's, you know, just blistering fast or the users are getting much more, you know, uh, productivity out of it. Those are the things I absolutely love. I love, you know, basically you have an objective and you go do it. Um, and that's, that's, that's our passion. I think, um, some of the things I don't like is all, Stuff like vendor management, building quotes, um, uh, you know, chasing invoices, uh, um, researching. So, well, so I, I take research with a grain of salt because sometimes researching can be pretty, pretty good. But if you're not in the mood for it, it's and you're forced to research something. That's kind of um, those aspects of it. Basically, all the work it took to get the project approved and to get the customer to agree to it. Um, that's the part I don't. You know, that's that's the that's the the grinding your gears part of the business, um, but I, I love being on site. Now we do so much remote access nowadays, and there's there's this phenomenal remote access tools. You know, take your pick. You know, and uh, you know we I think we're you know we lose sight sometimes of you know nothing beats a handshake, Jeff. Nothing beats a face to face. I look you in the eye. You know that trust. And uh, just getting, I love being. Um, I like the sales aspect of it. Um, I like to. Generally, you know, take a something, try to teach it because in selling technology, you're almost a teacher as well. And so you're teaching it and you're, you know, you're selling the benefits of it. And then, and then you get to put it in and have fun doing that as well. And then you, you know, can, you know, build on those relationships and, you know, move forward. But, uh, but yeah, I like getting my hands dirty. I like doing the, the technical work personally. 
Now, Paul, that's where you and I differ a little bit because I generally don't like people. So I just... <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a people. I've always enjoyed people. Though. That's, that's just me. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I really don't mind my customers and I, I don't mind people. The one thing I don't like doing is I don't like actually traveling site to site. So that's, that's the reason I don't like uh, going out. But you're right. It, it is a whole different experience from being able to see somebody face to face versus just communicating through email phone calls and whatnot so well and i think that was one of the um it, it, this was kind of an it industry uh issue that was going on and so we had two different things happening we had basically the remote access tools kept people you know servicing them without having to go out okay but at the same time you know amazon and you know aws and azure and things were starting to rev up and what was happening is that because the customer wasn't really seeing you know, the head, you know, your IT department or your, 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 your partnership, you know, getting that face to face. Only thing they were seeing is invoices and things for the, the month of work and all that, that they were starting to just buy their own things. Like, you know, um, I know I need a server, so I got a credit card. Now I'm a CF, uh, I'm a, you know, CIO, I'm gonna go out and start buying, you know, infrastructure. Right. And then that causes just a big issue. Then, you know, then it, a big, a, kind of like a tidal wave. And then, you know, and it was a big studies that were done about it. So, you know what? And because of these remote access tools, you know, you really, from time to time, you have to do it like every day, of course, but from time to time, it is good to go out there and, you know, you know, meet the uh, decision makers and, you know, like I said, eye to eye, shake your hand, you know, hey, I'm still your partner. We're still on the same page. I'm here for you type of thing. And um, I, I kind of felt a little bit of that myself, but it was, um, I read, you know, some, some studies and obviously this was across the board, you know, nationwide. Yeah. I think there's a lot of truth to what you just said there. And it's, it is very important for us to get out there and, uh, and, and just be a part of that because yeah, when they don't see us all mm -hmm. of a sudden they think that, what am I paying this company for? <laughs> yes. And it's like, <laughs> you're paying us because you're not breaking like you used to. That's why you're paying us but they don't see that because they're not really seeing what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah. We just had a, yeah. Uh, probably about a year ago. Or so we had, we had the exact, you know, me and my partner had exact conversation about us. Like we do such good work. Like we're, we're basically invisible to them so much that, um, you know, sometimes it could be a double edged sword. Like you do such a good job. And, it, but that, when when they have a project that comes up, you know, so they just don't go willy nilly by the phone system, or you know, they talk to somebody else without talking to you. As you know, say if you've been with them like ten years, a trusted advisor type thing, you know, they just don't go out and make decisions on their own without or IT decisions that would impact and you know bring you along. And uh, so yeah, we just had that very very conversation not too terribly long ago. It's funny because one of my rebuttals for somebody that would say, "What are you actually doing for us?" You know what? Let me shut my services off for a couple of weeks, and uh, then you can let me know <laughs> what I'm actually doing for you. Yeah, because in IT we want to be transparent, but we still. I mean, I guess you can say your, you know, your infrastructure wants to be transparent. You want your know, users; they just want to do their work, you know. But at the same time, you run a business and you have relationships you have to manage and you know, trust that you have to, you know, steady build. Because once you earn it, you have to continue to earn it, in my opinion. And uh, that just takes effort and work. You know, pound the pavement, the old saying goes. Yep, that's true. Yeah, it reminds me because sometimes the uh, where I work, uh, my bosses will actually go, what do you actually do? I said, listen, don't bother me. 
I said, if the line is running, then everything is golden. That's why I'm sitting here doing nothing because and, and, the line's running. So, so Jeff, and, um, like, like I said, I know you work for, is it a car? Yeah, I um, work for Ford Motor Company. That's why I thought, okay. So you're, man, you're really, okay. You're one of the big boys there. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you have some, uh, some good, uh, IT politics that go around there. I'm sure. Oh, don't even get me started. I, <laughs> I go put you on the spot. No, <laughs> Lord help me if I have to call IT for there. Um, yeah, it's it usually doesn't happen. I usually go in and try to monkey with it myself and see if I can get what I need done. <laughs> do what you got to do. Right? Oh man, yeah. Why can't? Uh, why doesn't Outlook work on every computer? I don't understand. It's you know, and this is where a, a lot of times when you're in a corporate IT structure. And you have things that go on, you know, everybody will say for a lot of these small business, oh, Outlook's the way to go, exchange, this and that and the other. Well, I look at, you go to the big corporate side and I look at it from there and I go, that's fine. It's, but every other computer that I log into, Outlook works and hooks up to exchange, but then half the computers don't. Why? You know? Yeah. A, a lot of it's just, um, I can't you know, speak for Ford, but. And systems that we've seen where you have poor outlook or poor exchange health is what happens is, um, I can say this for every case, but pe people think that when he gets exchange up and running, he basically forget about it. Even Office 365, I migrated Office 365, my problems are over. Nah, that's not true. But what happens is, is when they do these migrations or they, or they go to exchange, they don't you know they you know they don't think about retention. Well, I say I'll say they because I don't want to anger Exchange admins out there. But sometimes <laughs> I'll, I'll say this: you know, retention policies are forgotten about. Data loss prevention policies are forgotten about. You know, um, you know, having the ability to archive you know emails. Of course, Office three sixty five has made that super easy compared to doing it on premise. Because um, you know, even today, on premise Exchange, I, I I don't like managing on premise Exchange because um, that's all I. I mean, that was. Basically, what I cut my teeth on I was my bread and butter, my, my one of my one of my strengths, and still my strength, of course. But ever since going to 365, about you know five years ago, five or six years ago, we started taking. We basically got, got two on-premise Exchange servers left, but moving everything over to 360, it really has spoiled me because um, Exchange took a ton of maintenance. You know, you, you know, you had to you know defrag the hard drives. Of course, if you're in a cluster, that made things a little bit easier. Uh, you always had to worry about you know data store sizes, storage, corruption, log file. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Like so much of your time was doing on-premise exchange it was ridiculous. You couldn't do hardly anything else, especially if you're in a larger environment or clustered environment. But now you know going to 365 and you know it's really helped that. So the problem is is that you get these huge mailboxes, Jeff, and uh, just because Office 365 gives you a 50 gigabyte uh, mailbox doesn't necessarily mean you really want them to cache 50 gigs worth of email <laughs> right? in Outlook, and it just it causes all kinds of problems. And, you know, just honestly, just some few simple policies and uh, will really, you know, neglect a lot of that. And, of course, Microsoft released a patch out not too long ago and broke a lot of Outlook, and, of course, you can't help those things. <laughs> that's Red, That's Redmond, but they have since fixed all that. But that's a lot of it with exchanges. They just forget about a lot of the, uh, uh, the, the, the nuances that uh, just get overlooked. You know, it's funny because I were looking at some of these big mailboxes and seeing the way they are. And I know we're kind of getting off on a tangent here, but I'm just thinking about <laughs> some of these weird, I'm just humongous mailboxes. And I look at those people and I go, you would be a great heroin addict 
because that is exactly, <laughs> or a crack addict, because that is exactly what you're acting like by hoarding all of this email that you're never going to look at. It's a, um, well, it falls into two, uh, people who hoard e- email or fall into two lines. One, there truly are ADHD hoarder, you know, maybe, you know, they go to their house, you know, basically open up the garage and the garage is full, you know, you know, they don't, they don't, you know, it's like junk mail. You have to take care of junk mail the day you get it. Cause if you don't, it's going to pile up. It's just like your outlook mailbox. So, or they're so paranoid is basically CYA this, CYA that, CYA, you know, and a matter of fact, I've seen, you'd be surprised through, through my career, cause I've seen a lot of mailbox structures, you know, folder structures. I would say 30% of all the emails that I've ever seen, there's a CYA folder. <laughs> wow. No kidding. Okay. I kid you not. And they dump stuff in there and they just, you know, heaven forbid something happens to that folder because, you know, they feel like their job is on the line. Wow. And I, and okay. Of course, that's a, that's a whole different mentality that they need to work through. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's very psychological. It really is. I, I think so. Cause I, again, it's, it's just abusive to me what these people do to outlook. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I was, uh, cause I was telling when I was doing the interview yesterday with Lisa, um, <laughs> I told her, I said, I said, Lisa, believe it or not, I've seen a hundred gig PST file mail. Uh, <sighs> the fact that it was a hundred gig and the fact it wasn't broken, that's kind of one of the, one of the things like it wasn't broken. I mean, it actually had mail into it, but the fact it was a hundred gigs was, it just, to this day, it still just blows my mind. Think about a hundred gigs worth of text and some attachments and things like that. But think about it, most of that's text and it's a hundred gigs. Yeah. Again, these people would be great drug addicts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Wow. Okay. So now in your business, obviously you're using tools, software, Mm -hmm. hardware. Now, do you guys do a lot of hardware support or is that mostly? Okay. So what types of favorite tools do you have software, hardware wise? Well, um, we have quite a... uh, just like with anything else, you know, we I think we probably use a lot of the same tools. Like what I use compared to say what our tier one team uses, based off what I use, would be different. But you know, um, uh, we use we do a lot with you know, as far as when we image out new because uh, we are a Dell um, a premier partner, so we do you know as far as uh, servers and laptops and desktops, you know, we do a lot with Dell, and uh, and. We use Acronis for imaging, so that's kind of the, you know, they build base images with Acronis, and that, that's basically been bulletproof, you know. Imaging works really, really well. Um, when, uh, I guess, you know, your typical, you know, your, your malware bikes, your junk mail removal tools. Trim Micro has a lot of free uh, tools for, like, malware, taking things off with that. Um Stuff like, you know, Microsoft Network Monitor, Wireshark for, like, troubleshooting networking issues and, you know, trying to figure out what's going on there. Good old Crystal Disk Info, Crystal Disk Mark, uh, Tree Size. I love that application, you know, trying to find uh, things that are uh, wrong with it. We have iFixit toolkits for the technicians. Uh, they absolutely rave about those things. They, 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 they just love them because they would do a lot of screen repairs with laptops and do a lot of, you know, you know Frankensteining to help um, – because uh, we do a lot of asset management, and then so we keep their stuff together. So if something is beyond like warranty, but it's got a good screen, or it's got a good hard drive, or a good, you know, e- even the motherboard or processor, they'll use that iFixit toolkit, you know, very, very religiously. Um, uh, we do. We, we have some really cool t- utilities from Active. I'm not. It's a company uh, called Active that makes Kill Disk Pro. Uh, that's what we use for uh, 
destroying hard drives, but it gives you that certificate that we have to give out to the customer or give out to the person who needs it. So Kill Disk Pro is what we use basically. So we it's paid for because well, there's we need that certificate. <laughs> um, they also have a nice uh, um, program called Password Changer that you boot off of and resets the SAM database. It'll like reset like um, you, your administrator password or you know set it back to blank and you know uh, undisable them. Uh, Rufus is a great utility that they like to use for um, uh, building USB keys, bootable USB keys. Uh, CCleaner, Fabs Auto Backup for transferring, Hiren's Boot Disk, the Revo Uninstaller, Ultimate Boot Disk, uh, Windows Repair Toolbox. I use a ton with Windows Assist internals. Um, uh, we have a script that you know deletes temp files from the C Windows temp and the user directory temps locations. Uh, do a lot with PowerShell. Um, all kinds of stuff. Um, we got a lot of fluke tools for Kate, you know, for fiber and data cabling testing. Um, so I think, uh, was it Marvin B? I think he's real big in fluke. I think oh, yeah. he's, he's a, the fluke meister. <laughs> he, he would fit right in with our guys. He, he would okay. love, we, we do a lot with fluke as well. Like the net scout, uh, link sprinter, I think is one of them. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, land sweeper. I love land sweeper. That's a, that's an awesome tool. Now what is, uh, I, okay. I've never heard of that. Land Sweeper is uh, they have they have a free version. I think it gives you up to a hundred devices, but uh, that is a great utility for asset track management. It's even got a built-in ticketing system now. They added, but it's got a lot of tools for like remote access. It'll do like um, Bellark. You know, yeah, pretty sure Bellark's been around forever. It basically got that built in. It'll show you what memory modules are there what BIOS versions you're using, who was the last person who logged into it. So it's linked with Active Directory. Um, it's a great network analyzer tool. Um, uh, I, a lot of people like, you know, they love, um, what's that free one? Um, Spiceworks. Um, this is a much cleaner version, I think a more powerful version um, than Spiceworks. Of course, I know Spiceworks is free, but, uh, but Landsweeper is fantastic tool. I highly recommend it uh, for people using Oh man, uh, uh, let's see. Of course, uh, one thing too, um, one, your audience might appreciate this as well. Uh, I know they're a sponsor, so this might hurt a little bit because <laughs> I, I think Instant House calls one of your sponsors. Um, but the, the, there is a tool called uh, what we use. Uh, we, it's, it's from our hub. Uh, we, they, they call it Turbo Meeting, but basically, it's a hardware appliance that you could put on your network to do. Uh, remote session, web conferencing, you know, help desk support, you know, link up. Um, you can have um, uh, what do you call unattended asset access? I think you can call it like that. And and so you can get different sizes. For, it depends on how many uh, rooms you need or how many active connections. But if you're if you don't like subscriptions, you just uh, you know if you want to buy something, I highly recommend something called R Hub. Uh, R Hub dot com is a great uh, great product. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of all kinds of tools out there. Well, I think Marvin B actually uses something. I don't know if it is our hub. It sounds familiar, but it's something similar to that, where he has a hardware device that he uses for remoting into some of his customers. Yeah, I mean, if we, I mean, that's our that's our that's our money maker because <laughs> we use it personally in our business and and uh, and uh, Kylie and we're a partner with him, so we actually will sell it to other customers, like for large customers that have internal IT. You know, we'll, you know, that's something, you know, we, we kind of partner with and, and resell and they love it, you know, and, um, uh, prime example is, um, we have a, 
a large uh, property management uh, firm. And so we put in, a, and they have a hard time because they basically help them out with you know, their, their accounting software and stuff they use for managing their properties. So we put this in, and with like one or two people in, internally use it, and then that's what they use to connect to all the, I don't know how many hundreds of some odd computers scattered throughout the country to remote support them. And uh, it's it's been a big success for them. Okay. Now we, uh, you know, as far as yeah, sponsors and, and whatnot, everybody knows that we talk about things that, people use and whatever works for them. And it's not one shoe fits all. So there's a lot of different types of tools that will work for some people. And then there's other ones that will work for others. So that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, So yes, I mean, it sounds like the, the same gambit of tools that a lot of people are using. And uh, other than the one that I didn't hear of, (laughs) 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 I'm sure there's, It'd be nice to be able to do a lot of uh, research, I think, in finding new things out there. I know I'm pretty privy to a lot of stuff just because of being in podcasting and whatnot, but then there's a lot of stuff that I, you know, have never heard of. And so, uh, you know, that's that's good to learn something new. <laughs> yeah. And one, and one thing that I did, too, is uh, on my site, you know, sysadmintoday.com, there's a resources page. And on that resources page, I actually, I put in a, a spreadsheet of all the tools and utilities. Matter of fact, I had an episode on that, um, that people can download. And I, I got my notes on it, you know, what I like. You know, and th- these are ones I, I personally, so I've vetted them. These, I, these are legit working tools, links and everything, categorized them. And so they can go there, download them. And, you know, hopefully it'll be a good resource out there for them. Well, Paul, I have to say thank you because this has been a thought in the back of my mind for many, many uh, years. And uh, you have finally <laughs> done that. So that's good. Um, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. So you decided to start a podcast. What are you nuts? No, tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, like we were kind of talking before the show here is, uh, I, I really didn't do anything with, even from a, from a listener standpoint, I didn't listen. I really just didn't do anything with podcasts. Um, I was basically driving my car, listening to sports radio and, you know, music and things like that <laughs> forever. And then something, all of a sudden, I don't know what it was. I'm not sure if I, re- I can't remember what happened, but basically you got old. Um, maybe so. <laughs> I still love sports though. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> okay. But, um, I'm a big San Francisco 49er fan. So, and then, uh, and, uh, so I just, ah, football can't hear fast enough. But anyway, uh, um, but anyway, so I, so I can't remember what I, I, I don't know if I read something, but anyway, something triggered me to uh, go to podcasting, go to tech podcasts. And next thing I started listening to them, of course, Podnuts was one of, you know, one of the first one you could start doing, searching for it. And so I started listening to yours and, you know, like Mike Tech Show and Lisa's Call That Girl, uh, Office 365, and then he had uh, like Packet Pushers, um, so on and so forth. There's all kinds of them out there. And, uh, and I started listening to him and I, I was basically hooked. I was just amazed about the quality of the, um, just, it was very real. Like the people talking about it, they just had, they just felt like you're sitting in front of somebody having a beer talking about tech and, uh, just enjoying themselves. And I just got hooked on the content and, and then something just kind of inside me said, you know what, Paul, you, you got, you know, almost 18 years of experience, you know, you could be an awesome resource for for the listeners out there as well and i, I kind of suppressed it i suppressed it i suppressed it and it's eventually it's just like 
all right, what the hell, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and, you know? and then so I, I knew nothing about podcasting, Jeff. I really didn't. So I started at ground zero and I just researched everything, you know, equipment and, you know, you know what to do and what not to do. Uh, I built my own website, which I'm not a website person. So. <laughs> uh, so I had to learn how to do that and, you know, the audio and how to make the audio sound good and picking the right mic and not overpricing, picking the wrong mic and all that kind of stuff. And, um, had a script, do a script and just uh, get behind the mic and do it for the first time and putting myself out there was very nerve wracking. And, um, but I kept searching around for content that I wanted to do and I really didn't see anything. And, and what few I saw haven't been done, haven't been updated in years. Um, a lot of it was DevOps and, and more of a Linux-based type, and I'm more of a, from a from a Windows perspective, which uh, I think a lot of people out there, you know, or you know, use use those um, uh, platforms. And I said so. Eventually, I just did it, and my wife was very encouraging with it. And so far, it's been unbelievable. And it's been like you said, it's it's very addictive. Once you get behind the microphone, it's it's just so much fun, and it's it's just a lot. Of, I just really really enjoy it. Yeah. Plus, you know, for me, I love to hear myself talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> got some. Got have a little bit of vein in you. you know? <laughs> That's right. Uh, it, Try to be well, humble as much as I can. Honestly, <laughs> I do too. It doesn't work out too well for me. Um, I don't. I don't. I may have never told this story before. So, Paul, you're going to get a front row seat to something that I may or may not have talked about. All right, let me get my popcorn. Hold on. All right. I'm ready. Go ahead. <laughs> so one day my wife comes up to me and she says, you know, I just figured you out. I'm like, really? Uh-oh. After 28 some odd years, you figured me out. And she goes, yeah, I was reading this post on Facebook and it was, had this definition And the definition was for narcissist. She <sighs> goes, you are a narcissist <laughs> to which I said, well, probably partially I am. <laughs> <laughs> to be fully honest, um, not to the extreme, but there is there is a little narcissism, I think, in uh, in all of us <laughs> to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of times we do these shows because we want to share information and help other people out, and people will kind of look at us as uh, you know experts. And really, if you look at an expert, this is a reality. An expert is something that somebody that knows something about something that you don't. You know, maybe just a little bit more or just a little bit different, you know, take on it or something like that. So, gotcha. um, really we're just people that, and I like what you said before, we're people that we could sit around, you know, drinking whatever and just talking tech. It's because it's what we love to do. It's a passion. And Absolutely. we also have this innate thing inside of us that wants to help people. So that's the other thing that the reason why we do the shows that we do. Yeah, and 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 I have to make a confession. Like early in my career, is because we didn't have the resources that are out today. And you know, Jeff, you know, with the you know all the different training utilities, um, you know, YouTube didn't exist. You know, it, there's so much out there to to get you up to speed pretty quickly. Back then, you had a book or you had experience. That's it. Okay, and uh, and you and if you were good at what you did, you basically really worked your you know what off to get you to a certain level to get to that certain level of knowledge because you, you just didn't have because even though internet was out the resources weren't out there you know it really wasn't and so you worked really hard and so 
it, it, my original thing, train of thought was that's my intellectual property. That's what I've earned. That's mine. I'm not going to give that away, you know, type of thing. And, but as I've gotten older, you know, <laughs> I've kind of learned that that's not the right way to think. And um, basically we need to be, you know, like you said, a resource to help people and, and to share your knowledge, share your experiences. It's kind of like history. You know, you basically learn, you know, from people's mistakes and you learn what to do, what not to do through, through experience and other people's experiences. And basically that's what I'm trying to share in all honesty. I'm just trying to, I'm not trying to make money. I'm not trying to, you know, you know, be this as a second job or anything like that. I'm just truly, honestly, just trying to take what I have, put it out in audio format and hopefully it'll save people time and effort and point them in the right directions and they don't make the same mistakes I made and, and, uh, and go from there. And it's, it's, it's been, it's been a very eye opening, very humbling experience. And I have the, so far the feedback has just been amazing. And, uh, and I just hope to, you know, God willing, I just hope to keep, keep moving forward with it. You know, a lot of people don't realize this too, but there are times where I go, you know, is anybody really listening? And maybe I should just shut this thing down. And then <laughs> you get a piece of feedback from somebody that yeah. says, Hey, you're doing a great job. And you know, or I might have a question about something or whatever. And you interact with these people and it just, it makes it well worth it where you're like, you know what? I'll go on for another week. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, talk about, you know, door. He did that for me, um, or, or Stephen, the, the, I guess the president. And, you know, he sent me just an amazing comment and I was just basically, I just kind of, you know, almost dropped my, I was reading on the iPad. I'm about basically driving like, good Lord. I mean, for him to say that, you know, that really, man, it uh, it warmed my heart. That's for sure. And, uh, I was just, uh, hopefully I mean, if he's listening, just, you know, thanks so much for that comment. <laughs> oh, he listens. He listens to every show. He listens to something like over 80 shows or something like that. Something. Yeah. And that's amazing. It is. Cause I used to listen to probably 40 shows and that's back when I used to work on the line and I don't have that much car time or uh line time anymore. So, um, uh, I had to cut my way down. <laughs> I got, so if, so if you're on the line, you can have like, you know, a headset in and listen. And, you know, kind of do your thing? Well, y yes. Do they want you to? No. No, I got you. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm part of <laughs> a union. The... There's not much they're going to say. Um, uh... <laughs> so, Touche. Uh, yeah. They, um, yeah, they'd like you to not, and they, tr they try to make rules. And, and part of it's for safety. I get it. But I always used to have the, uh, the Bluetooth headset and have one earbud in. Well, actually, even when I had wired way back in the day before they had Bluetooth headsets, and I would put one one in and leave another one open so I could hear what was going on around me. Yeah. You can just put those AirPods in and look ridiculous. So, Yeah. That's, <laughs> I still like my LG. They kind of probably look a little ridiculous cause they hang around my neck, but I can just pull one of the earbuds out and put it in my ear. The other one stays just around my neck. It's funny. That's why I do my headphones too. Like, uh, I don't know if it's just a human instinct or something. Cause I'll, I'll do that. Like I'll put one out make sure I listen, make sure nothing's like blowing up downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> I got my other, you know, you know, earpiece on, you know, getting the content that you're, that you're looking at. But yeah, I think we're all like that. So now, now do you have a commute to work? I do. I do. Um, uh, I work in uh, Virginia beach. I uh, basically are right there near the East coast, if you will. So I have about a 45 minute drive. 
Okay. Uh, kind of a suburb of Virginia Beach. Uh, I work in, you know, so I got about 45. Well, that's with good traffic. Our traffic is, uh, we're ranked, I think we're ranked seventh um, in the country as the worst traffic in the nation. So, <laughs> uh, so 45 minutes is no accidents <laughs> or, or nothing crazy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I, um, I don't, I don't go out in the field as much as I used to, uh, but I definitely got that 45 minutes there to, you know, to an hour, you know, to and from. That's a lot of podcast listening time. Yeah, that's what, and that's where I, 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 man, I just, I, I can't get enough of them, man. I just, I listen to so much of it on the road and it's just, uh, I was like, man, why wasn't I not doing this years ago? You know, cause there's, there's so much stuff that I've listened to actually helped me with my job, you know, or, 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 or even better sparked ideas for right. doing things better. And it's just, uh, it's just a great community out there. Yeah, it is. It is awesome. And it's, uh, it's a great thing to be a part of and, and to contribute to. So you decided you're going to go ahead and start a podcast and you called it Sys Admin today. Cause obviously that is a lot of your background, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the name just kind of popped all, all of a sudden. I don't know. It just, uh, I was talking to my wife and it just came to me. I'm like, yeah, sounds good. Let's go with that. <laughs> but yeah, the Sys Admin basically is like, you know, the stuff that, you know, behind the scenes, you know, you have like your tier one help desk. But then you basically you have like a, a server team, a networking team, a storage team. But basically, we're kind of smushing all that together because I do all of that um, into different segments. You know, so we have a segment we talk about, you know, uh, storage. You have a segment we talk about virtualization and you know tools and utilities, and we also talk about other things like uh, like ethics and culture. What's it like to be a sysadmin? And because uh, a lot of the feedback that I get, two things that kind of stuck out to me that I wasn't expecting. One, people love to li- listen to your horror stories, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and the second thing is they like information about, you know, you know, what type of certificate should, should I do? You know, what, what should I, what should I focus on? You know, and you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that from, you know, for, for like career pathing choice, like questions. So, um, you know, I get a lot, I, that's probably my number one feedback that I get. And, uh, and for those who are listening for, for career path, you know, I always say, you know, for anything else, stick with networking, be a master at networking, routing and switching, because that's never going away. Cloud services, on-premise, you know, you know, endpoints, you know, laptops, desktop, you name it. Networking is always going to be there. So if you're a master at networking, I guarantee you'll have a job. Nice. That's, that's good advice there. Very good. Well, I think there, it, I mean, we've, we've talked about a lot of different things. I would say, let's go ahead and end off with this, but what are some of your business tips that uh, maybe you've learned over time or that have worked for you or that, uh, you know, you've learned from that I'll never do that again? <laughs> wow, that's a good one. Um, I'll say for, for, for business tips is... Um, just I know it sounds like a cliche, but be very honest. Don't be cocky with your with your with your customers or your end users. Because if you're an IT manager, your end users are your customers. Okay, so you know be very honest, forthright. Your, your time management. I, I would say communication is is the biggest thing that I see that falls through the cracks with um, either with other businesses that I work with, other you know employees that we're training is. You know, keep keep communication up and going. You know, let people know what's going on. 
a good example with this was Jeff. Like, uh, for instance, say say you got a system outage and you email everybody, hey, the system's down. We're aware of it. We're working on it or or application or whatever. And then say, but you know, say six hours later it gets fixed, and they, you know, but there's never any communication during that six hours to other people. What's going on? Management, things like that. So communication is just absolutely vital, and that's something I see as a big issue that a lot of people have problems with, or it could be better with. Um, and uh, just be professional, dress professional, you know, be polite. Uh, uh, just honesty is the best policy. And if you follow by those guidelines, you know, everybody has, you know, the tech can be taught, Jeff, you know, you can learn tech, but learning, you know, just good business manners, communication, time management, be punctual, be on time, show respect to, you know, people you work with. You, you do those things, you'll be successful, I guarantee you, not in tech, but in anything. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Yeah, a lot of people just need that, uh, just, just be a real human being person. I think a lot. I think a lot of people too is they like to be communicated to and let they like to know what's going on. And so, is sometimes we think about it as it's taking time or we're over communicating. But if you over communicate, they tend to leave you alone about the little, uh, you know, irritations that may have happened because of an outage or something like that. They kind of let that stuff go by the wayside because hey, you let me know what was going on from point A to point Z. And everything's up and running now, so I'm a happy camper versus sitting there twiddling your thumbs going, when's it going to come back online? When's it going to come back online? <laughs> so, Yeah, it's, just like, it's it's a fine line. You know, you don't want to overdo it, but it's a, it's one of those things like if it's a major something down, it's like, you know, we're still aware, we're still working on it, da-da-da. You know, something just as simple as that can make pay big dividends, you know, and uh, but just, just little things like that. This It's always just the detail work, you know? Like, you can cut your grass with a ride more, but if you don't do the edge work and the weed eating and the blowing and making everything look nice, <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's that that's true with life. If you, you can do the big stuff, but it's the details that that make it look good, and that's the hardest work. Um, and, it, and just because, you know, you cut less <laughs> of a square footage doesn't mean that that small detail didn't make just as big as an impact as what you did, you know, in the big stuff. Very well said. Well, Paul, I, I really enjoyed talking with you today and learning about Same here. your business, learning about your your podcast, and uh, I, I know you're going to do great things out there, but why don't you take this time and let people know where they can find you at, the website and all that, and we'll definitely have the links in the show notes, but uh, yeah, go ahead and let people know uh, where they can find you at. Sure. Yep. It's uh, I was lucky to get the domain. It's uh, uh, sysadmin, S Y S a d m i n today.com and everything's there how to you know subscribe all my resources um and um, all my episodes awesome i will definitely be taking a listen to those so i just uh i was able to find them in uh, my podcast app today awesome all right well thank you for coming on the show and uh appreciate uh, all your information oh, oh same here jeff thanks for having me all right, you guys can find me on the Google Plus at Jeffrey Hallish or Twitter at TechNutPC. If you'd like to be a guest like Paul was, send an email to guest at podnuts.com. And I want to thank our sponsor, Instant House Call, for this episode of Podnuts Daily. Don't forget, if you need business paperwork to get you started in your computer repair business, then check out the link for the TechNibble Computer Business Kit over at podnuts.com slash deals. And if you want to help support the Podnets network by giving a dollar a month through our subscribe button over at podnets.com 
or patreon.com forward slash podnuts. We definitely would appreciate that. And we can continue to bring you these great shows. I want to thank everyone for listening and subscribing to the show. We'll see you next time on Podnuts Daily. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.